Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Thank God for Pastor Rod. That's it. That's it. Why am I saying that? Because our pastor is on it. He's completely on it. It's all about faith today. Okay. Now, who was it that preached about faith not too long ago? Somebody? Was it somebody? Somebody? I know it was recent, but I didn't, I didn't hear it, but I, I, I knew that it had been preached. And I said, Lord, what? I don't really want to talk about faith. I didn't say that, but I kind of felt it. But the Lord was just on it, on it, on it, on it. We need to change our relationship with faith. Well, I do anyway. Okay, I don't know about you. It's old. Something new needs to happen. Okay. It is all about faith right now for CCF. Because the Lord is getting ready to do something. Okay? And David was there the other week. He's getting ready to do something. But faith is a requirement. Okay? For miracles, the miraculous, the supernatural. For the spirit of God to move. Faith is a requirement. So we have to understand faith. We have to major in faith. We have to walk in it. We have to know it. Okay? Lord was talking to me weirdly about faith. Okay? Weird to me. I was struggling to find scriptures of all kinds. I did find some of the word of God. Um, okay. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about, about it. Love is a refresher. It needs to be aired. needs to be spoken out. We need to be reminded. Small bits and pieces. And then we'll get into just uh, some of the things that the Lord was, was highlighting. Um, okay. So this title of this message is, What Does Faith Look Like? Okay, what does it look like? And I'm going to leave that part there for the, for the time being. Um, so what do we know about faith? Let's, let's refresh ourselves. So faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11, 1. Or as in the Amplified, I mean, I like the, the, the King James, New King James. I like that. I remember that. I did my warfare in that just like a sister there. But the Amplified speaks of things to a greater depth. Now, faith is the assurance, just like Pastor was saying. The confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. You see, we are so much into the senses. It's how we communicate with the world. It's how we get our gratification to a certain extent. Don't go too far with that. <laughs> but it's the reality of it. We're too much into the senses. But Satan is a master of the flesh. 
He's been watching us for, was it 6,000 plus years, whatever it is. He's been watching. He knows every game, every fault, every weakness in the book. Okay? But when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't major on that one. Okay? I'll just put that out there. Faith is real. God himself is perfectly faithful and has perfect faith in himself. If that were not true, the universe would collapse in worse than a black hole. Okay? The proof of that is he said, let there be, and the rest you can see. Okay? He is perfectly faithful. In him, there is no doubt. We'll get on to doubt in a, mid, in, in a minute. That is a life in the pit of hell, I'm telling you. Perfectly faithful. Can you imagine what goes through God's mind? Perfectly full of faith, perfectly faithful. There is nothing that he wants to do that he cannot do. There is nothing that he decides to do that he does not do. What is that? How many times have you wanted to do something and you couldn't do it? Or you just didn't want to, you just didn't end up doing it or whatever reason? How many times? You can't, uncountable. But with the Lord, there is no time like that. There is nothing he cannot do. Whatever that means, if you think about it, don't, don't put yourself in a lun- lunatic asylum because you're, you cannot comprehend that. But yet we know that our faith comes from Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, the first incentive for our belief, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. It is possible to have mature faith, bringing it to maturity and perfection. Okay. Where do I go from here? So faith is a gift, we know that. Second Peter 1, 1, says it's Simon Peter, a servant and apostle, special messenger of Jesus Christ to those who have received, obtained an equal privilege of like precious faith. I love that term, like precious faith. Faith is so precious. What God gives is always precious, but faith is so precious because it is the way that we get to understand and relate to him. We cannot touch God without faith. We cannot get near to who he is or what he is or how he works or what he has and what he's done. We can't get near to it without faith. Peter shows us that this faith we received from God and Christ is so precious that it forms the foundation of Christian qualities. It is the foundation. 
Everything is built up from there. So we're all given a measure of faith by God in which we are to wield our spiritual gifts in proportion to the faith we have. How much faith do you have? How much faith do you have? Now this is a question that I'm asking you. How much faith do you have? If I were to say, how much money do you have in your wallet? You'd be able to say, hmm, accurately. But when I start talking of the things of the spirit, how much faith do you have? It's a head scratcher. You have enough. You have enough faith. Okay? You have enough. It's all about what you do with it. The measure of faith. We also know that without faith it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, 6. At some point I might get some glasses out. But I'm I'm doing all right so far. But without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those that earnestly and diligently seek him out. All right, so what else do we know? We are told in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 by Apostle Paul that while we are at home in the body, but away from him, we are to walk by faith and not by sight. How many of us, put, just a show of hands, who lives by faith currently? I know you're going to say it, Bobby. <laughs> who lives by faith? No, I mean, I mean, listen. First, we need to understand what living by faith is. Bobby, what's living by faith? <laughs> what, what, is your, what is your interpretation of living by faith? Being led by the Spirit, not by what I see. Okay. Okay. Living by faith is all about, like our sister said, the Holy Spirit leading you. But it's not just a little bit of prayer. It's every decision that you make has to be signed off by the Spirit of God. Okay, Even if you can do it, if it's not something like eating... (laughs) and sleeping if it's a decision outside of those kinds of things then go through him the Lord said to me said Deji you are going to have to learn how to live by faith he said it to me he said it in a polite way and I said oh Lord what are you saying don't make me poor <laughs> don't, me, don't make me homeless <laughs> whatever <laughs> He said, and he he kind of chuckled. (laughs) No, no, no. He said, because you're going to need it. The season you're going into is going to require you to live by faith. So, yeah. I haven't gone very far with that one. But we'll get there. 
2 Corinthians 5, 6 to 10. Now, this is an important scripture because we'll come back. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We're going to come back to that, okay? But it's interesting that it's set This business about being well-pleasing to him. You can't be pleasing to him without faith. So it's all about faith. Okay, and then it says about the judgment seat connected with faith. I'll get to that. I didn't really ever look at it like that before, but it is exactly that way. Okay, what else do we know? We know that faith without works is dead. Okay, I'm not going to read through all the scriptures, James 2, 14, 17. So if your faith is not active, it's dead. Right? If you are not producing works, there is no evidence of your faith. You cannot say you have faith without the demonstration of the works that prove your faith. Okay. In this room, you are all loaded with faith. Okay. But I cannot see it unless you do something. Okay. In fact, nobody can see it unless you do something. We'll get onto that. So faith without works is dead. So what does faith look like? More to the point, what does your faith look like? What does it look like? This is where it starts to get weird to me. Matthew 9, 2. And behold, they brought to him a man paralyzed and prostrate by illness, lying on a sleeping pad. And when Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralyzed man, take courage, son, your sins are forgiven and the penalty remitted. So what did Jesus see? Anybody? You're welcome to answer. What did he actually see? Okay. That's what he said, isn't it? He saw their faith. He didn't see them. He saw their faith. Right? So what did he see their faith doing? Not this one. He saw their faith carrying the man on a mat to him. Okay? He didn't see the men. He saw their faith carrying the man you see God has given you faith strength to carry someone to the place of your miracle 
right? Now that someone could be you, it could be a brother, it could be a sister, but he's given you faith to carry somebody to the place of their miracle. Is your faith carrying you today? Think about this, right? We've already spoken about walking by faith, living by faith. Is your faith actually carrying you? Think about that. Is it? What's it doing then? We have to change our relationship with faith. Okay? I believe we really do. Oh, Lord, help me. Matthew tw- uh, 9, 20 to 22. It's going to be a lot of scripture, but we'll see. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a flow of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And she kept saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. If I only touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. Jesus turned around and seeing her, he said, again, take courage, daughter. It could be, be of good cheer. It could be, you need to cheer up. All of those things, that's what that means. Take courage, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Not me, but your faith. And at once, the woman was restored to health. Okay. Then the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, Deji, faith has a face and he has a body too. So I said, where's that scripture, Lord? (laughs) Where's that scripture? Because Pastor Rod's on the front (laughs) at the church. Where's that scripture, Lord? (laughs) Faith has a face, Deji. And he has a body too. I tell you, we have to change. All right. Let me break it down then, Holy Spirit. I know about the eyes of faith. We we are already clear that faith has eyes because we are told this by the writer of Hebrews 11.13 when he's describing the lives of Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac and Jacob. These people all died controlled and sustained by their faith, but not having received the tangible fulfillment of God's promises, only having seen it and greeted it from a great distance by faith, and all the while acknowledging and confessing that they were strangers and temporary residents and exiles upon the earth. (laughs) All of these saints, all saints... Have eyes of faith. Those who have gone before us, they fix their lives for something greater than themselves. Because they trusted that God is the architect, not just of their lives, but of future generations. There are some things that we believe God for that we will not see. Okay? We only see it with the eyes of faith. Okay, so faith has eyes, Holy Spirit, that's fine. 
What of a mouth then? Well, a mouth speaks. I know of the voice of faith, which obviously comes from the mouth of faith. So what is the voice of faith? Anybody? Not much audience participation today. <laughs> the voice of faith is you voicing the word of God in the earth. It is voicing of God's promises over your problems. It is speaking the promised word to your mountains. Voice of faith, right? Prayer is more than a wish. It is the voice of faith directed to God. And we already know of the prayer of faith. So what is that? James 5, 15. And the prayer that is of faith will save him who is sick. And the Lord will restore him. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Saints, open up your mouths of faith and let the voice of faith be heard. Okay? <laughs> Me speak louder? Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. That's not a problem. That's not a problem, Ken. During the wicked COVID times, right? My brother-in-law was afflicted as one of the many, okay? Now picture this. My sister, his wife, is a doctor. The phone rings and we hear that he's got the COVID, the dreaded COVID, okay? And he's having trouble breathing and it's getting worse and it's getting worse. Young guy, well, slightly older than me, but yeah, young. <laughs> so they called the ambulance and he's in hospital. Now, if you remember during those days, anybody, well, not anybody, but a lot of people that went to hospital didn't come back, right? Remember that? Didn't come back. The young, the old, the sick, whoever it was, a lot of people didn't come back from hospital. So he had the COVID and he was in a bad way and he went to hospital. I remember this because we got angry. We were all on the phone and we started to pray. Oh my goodness. I've never heard my brother pray the way he prayed. Wow. Right? Wow. I've, ne <laughs> I've never, I wish Tina was here actually. I've never heard him pray like that. We prayed, okay? It was the prayer of faith. I mean, he said, nobody in my family is going to be taken. Hallelujah. Come on. Nobody. We said, yes, we agree. I mean, it was the most beautiful but powerful time. My brother, my sister-in-law, Tina, we just let rip. Before we'd even finished, we were hearing that he was on his way back from hospital, right? He was on his way back. I mean, uh, it, was, it was like, yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's uh, I just heard, oh, he's home now. <laughs> <laughs> but the point that I'm making is that faith is no joke when that wells up inside of you you say no way 
this is how it's going to be. It's not going to play out like that. When you agree as a family, when you agree with a brother or a sister, when you release that prayer of faith, that's a quick response. So I want to encourage you. So what does your faith look like? Okay, let's have another one. Matthew 15, 21 um, to 27. I'm not going to read all of it. Let's go down. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman. It's always a woman, isn't it? <laughs> of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, not a word. Now, this is important. He didn't say anything. Nothing was going to happen until Jesus said something. We'll get to that. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. An irresistible posture before the Lord. He's not interested, then you go and worship him. What kind of faith? Some of us would have got angry. What kind of Jesus are you? Yeah. I'm not from your crowd, but I've heard about you and I've come for help. And you just send me away like that. Some of us would have got angry. Not this woman. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, he answered, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from the very hour. Now, Jesus did not leave his chair. The woman did not leave her knees. But something went. Something went. And power was released. Think of it like this. We know that nothing is ever done without Jesus and nothing is ever completed without the Holy Spirit. Those two work together. So he's the doer. He's the speaker. He's the word. So the Holy Spirit moved pretty quick. The Holy Spirit can move extremely quick. So think of it like this. This is what the Holy Spirit was saying to me. Faith is the colleague of the Holy Spirit. Because he is supposed to always be available to work with the Holy Spirit to do the will of God, to please God. So your faith is a colleague to the Holy Spirit. They work together. But we have to release our faith so that 
he can go work with the Holy Spirit so that the supernatural power is released. So, colleagues are funny things. Because a colleague is somebody who you work with and you have worked with in the past. Maybe a few projects. Sometimes you don't want to work with that colleague on certain projects that you don't like. Right? And this is a problem. The Holy Spirit is always ready to do the will of God. Always ready. Always looking for opportunity to give glory to Jesus. But we're not. This is the issue. He can't do much. I don't want to say he can't do anything because that's a limitation which he doesn't have. He can't do much without our cooperation. He can't do much without our faith. But the Holy Spirit is not that precious about whose faith he works with. Thank goodness. He just needs one or more of his faith colleagues to be available. Matthew 13, 58. And he did not do many works of power there because of their unbelief, their lack. Does that say there? <laughs> of faith in the divine mission of Jesus. So this is the limitation. It limited Jesus and it limits the Holy Spirit today. Unbelief. Okay. Now, I'm going to get on to a little bit to talk about unbelief and doubt. But let me just say one thing. They're not real, you know. Doubt and unbelief do not exist. Faith is real. No one's argued. You think you know, aren't you? They're not. They're not real. In order for doubt and unbelief to exist, you just have to withdraw your faith. Or keep him caged. And then you have a void. All right, we'll get back to that a little bit. So in Romans... No, let's not go there. Your faith, our faith, mine and yours, is capable of getting really big and really strong. But this depends on what you have been feeding him and on how much. Okay? This is all simple, so we all know about all this, all these scriptures. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing. What is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. So he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the one who creates faith in us. But I ask, have they not heard indeed? They have, for the scripture says, 
their voice, that of nature bearing God's message has gone out to all the earth and their words to the far bounds of the world. Okay, so the Holy Spirit started to speak to me and this is the start of it. He said this, he said, faith doesn't just come from you hearing what I say. But it comes also through you speaking and hearing what you declare I say. Now, if you think about that woman with the issue, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be healed. If I could only, if I could, what was she doing? Declaring who he is, what he's capable of doing. Faith doesn't just come from you hearing what others preach. It also comes through your repetitive declaration of what Jesus has said. Job 22, 23. You shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you and the light of God's favour shall shine upon your ways. Saints, we have to declare and decree. We have to declare and decree. We have to declare and decree. We have to get up in the morning and declare. We have to call our friend and decree and say, this is what I'm declaring today. Are you with me, brother? Are you with me, sister? If every Christian did this, Satan would show himself because it would be up. He wouldn't be able to do anything. If all the Christians just lived to declare the word of God continually, every one of God's angels would be busy. And Satan could not do any of his work in our lives. Bible's not written that way though. So he has some rain to do some stuff for now. Okay? All right. So we have to declare and decree. Hold on to that. We must declare God's word into the atmosphere because it creates faith in us. It creates faith in the atmosphere, which then allows for the word of God to be preached because there's faith to receive. which then creates opportunity for people to get saved, for miracles to happen, for God's will to happen, and heaven to meet earth. We have to declare and decree. Okay. Peter walked on water. Now, oh, I shouldn't say Peter, should I? Should I say the one he loved? Is that the one? Is that what I was just saying? Right? The disciple whom he loved walked on water. Now, it's important. It's powerful what you were saying last week, David. Matthew 14, 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they screamed out with fright. That does sound a bit off. But instantly he spoke. Again, his word went forth to them saying, Take courage, again, 
I am. Stop being afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Now he didn't say, if it's you, Lord, say you can walk on water. He didn't say that. He said, command me to come to you. If it is you. Now this is the disciple that knew Jesus intimately. And he knew that if Jesus released his word, he would be able to receive the faith that is necessary to walk on water. Before that point, no one had done it before. Did you ever say in the Bible someone else walked on water? It never happened. So they were freaked out because they'd never seen it and they'd never heard of it happening. And this guy, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was saying, if you're really Jesus, command me and then I'll be able to do that. Okay? So he does. What did Jesus do? He said, come. One word, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and he came towards Jesus. But when he perceived and felt the strong wind, he was frightened. And as he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me from death. Instantly, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught and held him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? All that happened there is that Peter had withdrawn his faith, right? Doubt doesn't exist. He withdrew his faith whilst on the water and he started to sink because faith comes by hearing the word or by hearing what Jesus says. He withdrew his faith. I know I'm talking to you today, but do not withdraw your faith just because of what you see or just because of what the doctors say or just because of how difficult it is or just because of how long it's taken. Do not withdraw your faith because you will sink, you see? And you were saying, Jesus, Jesus, save me. Does not your word say this? And Jesus will say, well, why did you doubt? Let's talk about the centurion's faith. I love that guy. So here's this guy. He's a Roman soldier. Okay? What does he know about the word? What does he know about the Torah? He doesn't know anything. All he knows is what he's heard about Jesus. And he asked Jesus, come and heal my servant. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered, and said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but only speak a word, one word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man of authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and another one come, and he comes, and, the ser- and to my servant, do this, and he does that. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said, those who followed, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. 
And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done to you. And his servant was healed. The centurion had so much faith in the word of God, literally the word, the logos, and the authority that he carries, that he only needed Jesus to speak one word and his faith was enough to convince him that the miracle was done. This man had no prior knowledge of the written text. He only had heard about Jesus and had been doing and understood earthly authority. Now, I'm looking at that guy and I'm embarrassed. I don't know about you, right? Because what did he know? We have the word. We're fat with the word of God. We have experiences, Holy Spirit experiences. But if Pastor Rod says, All your family that are sick, they're healed from this moment. We struggle. We say, yes, amen to that. But we struggle, right? But yet the Holy Spirit wants us to get to that place where Pastor Depot, Pastor Rod, David, Sister Abby, Bobby says, in the name of Jesus, we say, yeah, it's done. Because they've released the word. This is where we're going. This is what we have to have. No more doubting. Okay, let's skip the bit on doubting because I've explained that. But um, okay. Next thing the Holy Spirit said to me was this. Faith is not as important as the attitude you have towards it. Now, put it in context. It is, faith is the, most, is the important thing, but it's what the Holy Spirit here is saying. It's not as important as your attitude because you all have been given faith to start with. But if you don't want to release your faith, it cannot do anything. So it's your attitude. Okay? It is your attitude towards faith. And this is why I'm saying my attitude towards faith has to change today. Mm. Some of us think that we don't have sufficient faith or strong enough faith for a certain thing. You can name it. But the Holy Spirit is saying today that is just not accurate. It's not accurate. Your faith is sufficient, son, daughter, but your attitude towards it needs to change. We have like a Gideon complex, I guess. Something like that. We need to step out and release our faith to him, the Holy Spirit, and he will get it done. He's crying out. I can do it. I can do it. Where's your faith? Show me your faith. 
Then he said this, faith actions should always be accompanied with love in mind so that they do not become a selfish motivation. Faith does not work properly outside of love. Stay focused on my love. I love that. But then I'm thinking, careful how you pray. Okay, so how do I explain that? The opposite of fear is love. We know this, okay? Um, 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Okay, so the opposite of fear is love. The opposite of faith is fear. Psalm 56, three to four. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? So, the opposite of fear is love. The opposite of faith is fear. So, faith, actions, should always be accompanied with love in mind. That's how it works. So, we must always be thinking about love. Who's love? God, right? That's what makes sense. Okay. Then the Holy Spirit said this. And I'm going to move along quickly. Walking in faith comes with knowing who you are in Christ. Learn who you are and then you will sustain very strong faith. So we are to learn. We are to memorize who we are in Christ. I'll just give a few points just to give a general idea. I am complete in him who is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. Colossians 2.10. I am alive with Christ. Ephesians 2.5. I am free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8.2. I am far from oppression and will not live in fear. Isaiah 54.14. I am born of God and the evil one does not touch me. 1 John 5.18 and on and on. If we keep meditating on who we are in Christ, it will produce sustained, very strong faith in us. Okay? I'll give you that one for free. I've got the list here. I've got a big list as well of who we are in Christ. Just keep Plug in, just be meditating on it. Meditate on it. Your faith will be strong. Holy Spirit says your faith will be strong because it is the key. Walking in the knowledge, the full knowledge of who you are in Christ makes you strong in faith automatically. Okay? All right. Then he said this. Give your worries, concerns, and apprehensions to me and I will give you faith to overcome them. Hmm. 1 Peter 5, 7 to 9. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. 
for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Verse 9, withstand him, be firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. Okay. Right, now I'm going to go to this bit and come back to some other bits. So I said, Lord, okay, show me. Reveal more to me about faith. Okay? Reveal some more. I need to understand. Then he showed me that in a sense, our faith is actually multidimensional. Okay? It has different dimensions. And the Holy Spirit said this, your faith has four main categories of purpose. Category one, the faith that stirs you into action. Number two, the faith that protects you from lies. Three, the faith that validates your position. And number four, that which builds you up in faith. Okay. Four categories. Now there's lots, there's probably others, but these are the main ones that the Holy Spirit said to me. And then he said, your faith is to be developed and grow strong for each of these. Okay. So the faith that stirs you into action. So here we have this paralytic. When Jesus entered Capernaum, there were many gathered in one place, so there was no longer any room to receive any more, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them, and they came to him bringing a paralytic, and he was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof and lowered him down to the feet of Jesus. So when they had broken through, they let him down on a bed, which the paralytic man was, had been lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic man, your son, your sins are forgiven. Okay, so these men had released their faith to carry this man to where they were certain he was going to receive his miracle. They refused to be prevented or intimidated by their obstacles and took action for someone else. There goes the love. Okay? They were not intimidated by the obstacles. They were determined to overcome all of them. What do you need to do today? What faith action must we take in order for our brother or our sister to get their breakthrough? Is our faith strong enough to carry them? We have to pray to Jesus that he will strengthen us in our faith so that we will always release our faith to take action. Satan wants us to be passive. He wants to build some massive thing in front of you 
which pacifies you because you think, oh, I can't. But God wants his glory. And the Holy Spirit is saying, come on, come on. I'm waiting. For some of us have been waiting too long and he has prompted us so many times already, right? Honestly, some of us, the Holy Spirit has prompted us. He's, he's, he's like put a, dug us in the ribs. He's even slapped some of us around the face. Right? We start, we're holding on to our faith. Let me just give you a wake-up call. If you hold on to your faith, it's useless to you. It can't do anything. Okay? The reason why the Holy Spirit said faith has a face and it has a body is because the face sees okay, what needs to happen. It has an expression. The body is active. It moves. It does things. That's why it says it has a body and it has a face. Eyes, mouth, body. It's alive. Now, I don't want to personify it too much, but the Holy Spirit is saying, release your faith, release your faith. Me and him, we're like this. We get stuff done. But he's not going to get stuff done with your intellect and your mindset because that's not how it's going to work okay so the faith that stirs you into action I can do this let my faith go it's not your power it's the power of God that brings the miracle so why hold back alright number two the faith that protects you from lies when I read this this morning, it always brings me to tears. The story of David and Goliath. I just love that. The fact is, Goliath was a 10 feet tall, highly skilled warrior that had no match in battle. But our God is greater than any adversary, so we must use our faith in him. Okay, so what have we got here? So 1 Samuel 17. David said, The Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord will be with you. Now in 1 Samuel 17, 42. And when the Philistine looked around and saw David, he scorned and despised him for he was but an adolescent with a healthy reddish colour and a fair face. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you should come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The devil's a liar. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Listen, the enemy will always shout and scream his lies at us and try to make himself look really big and formidable as possible. 
but we must use our shield of saving faith to quench the lying arrows and protect ourselves. Only God, the God of Israel, is almighty. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to be precise. Only he is almighty. See how it stirs you up? And we are, in fact, more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, 37. Listen, many evils confront the consistently righteous. Might be sickness coming and saying, I'm living in you. It might be joblessness. It might be wherever it is. Many, look, if I said, bring a list of your troubles, we'll be here all day. (laughs) Yeah? Because... True to the word of God, many evils confront the consistently righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That scripture, you must take that to the Lord in prayer and say, look, Lord, that must include this nonsense. Okay? He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Listen, you will be healed come what may you will be healed you will be intact you will be restored in the name of Jesus but faith is required okay 1 Samuel 17 45 now David in the secret place he knew God he had been dwelling in that place And he had soaked up the goodness that he could from the Lord. Presented with the impossible, he didn't care. He did not care how big it was. He did not care at all. Then said David to the first time, you come to me with a sword, a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will smite you and cut off your head and I will give the corpse of the army of the Philistine this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Take that, put that into your circumstances and tell Satan the same thing in Jesus' name. Okay? That's what needs to happen. Your faith protects you from such lies. But you must use it. Next one. The faith... That validates your position. What does that mean? I'll give you the scripture first. Psalm 37, 5 to 7. Open up before God. Keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. He'll validate your life in the clear light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon. Quiet down before God. Be prayerful before him. Don't bother with those who climb the ladder, who elbow their way to the top. Right. So what is God talking about here? He's talking about the workplace. Okay. Where trouble comes, 
and you try to vindicate yourself, where they accuse you with all kinds of rubbish and say you were part of it, you're associated with it, where they try to bring down your reputation, where they try to fix up some circumstances and say, we're putting that on you, there's evidence. And you say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, I know of a story, I don't have time to tell it, but this sister, she was a fighter. I mean, anyone challenged her, she would fight that battle. She would try to vindicate herself. And she lived a completely peaceless life. She was fighting, fighting, fighting. Listen, saints, God will vindicate you. Right? He will vindicate his children that live righteously, that stand, that trust him, that stand in faith. I'm not saying that we shouldn't fight certain battles. I am saying if you want vindication, look to the Lord. Amen. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely and be confident also in him and he will bring it to pass. God, by his spirit, is a specialist in dealing with trouble. Okay? The Bible says he holds the hearts of kings in his hand and like a watercourse he turns them whichever way. Listen, if they're fighting you, they're fighting Jesus. Right? All you need to do is pray, Lord, Cry, Lord, this is an injustice. Deal with this injustice concerning my life. Sometimes you don't even need to cry that. Sometimes you haven't even got to pray and and the Lord's really working it out. Right? Listen, your trouble is God's trouble. Right? Right? You are the apple of his eye. Do not try to defend yourself or vindicate yourself. You're not a specialist in dealing with these things. It will waste your time and the enemy will suck your strength. Give it to God. In faith, give it to God. He will always vindicate you. We must seek the counsel of the Holy Spirit. That's a word over this church this year. And see what our role in it all is. There are numerous examples of people fighting battles that were the Lord's. We must pray that Jesus will strengthen our faith in him in these situations and let him bring the vindication. All right. Number four, this building up into faith. Jude 1.20, but you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, pastor has always been saying to us, you don't speak in tongues enough, you don't speak in tongues enough. He's right, okay? This one, the Holy Spirit is saying, you need to speak. You need to pray in the Spirit. Keep going, it will build you up in faith. It will build you, it will build you, it will build you, it will build you, but you gotta get used to it. Get used to it, remember it. Get used to speaking, praying, in the Holy Spirit, it will build you up. So these are the four ones that the Holy Spirit is saying, you need to get strong in these dimensions of faith, okay? 
All right, so we're on to the final stretch. So the final thing I want to talk about is, is, is what I was talking about in the beginning. Postwitz said this, he said, on judgment day, your faith will also be tried in the fire to see if it was genuine faith in me. Okay. Now I, at first I thought, what? That doesn't exactly say your faith. He's not talking about your faith in Jesus. Okay. He's not talking about that. He's talking about to do with the works that you do in the body. The faith associated with that will be tried. Okay, so we are going to face a judgment. We're going to face the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14.10 says it. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says it. Now, just to make absolutely clear, this is not a time to punish sin because Jesus took that punishment already on the cross, okay? And that's dealt with for us, okay? God's redeemed will never be condemned with the wicked, okay? So this is all about reward, God wanting to give you for what you have done in the body. It's time to be called on to report and render an account of what you did for Jesus, Okay, so you can get a reward. Now, I believe there are two elements to our judgment, okay? Which Jesus will assess simultaneously. So, element one, motives and purpose. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this, For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, considering what his purpose and motive have been and what he has achieved, been busy with and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. Okay, here Jesus will assess our motives and purposes of our work through the fire, whether it's either good or bad. If it's good, A, reward. If it's bad, burn. Okay? <laughs> Element two, the source of our effort. What did you build with? Now, this is where the faith element comes in. First Corinthians 3, 9 to 3. Um, right, okay, I'm going to start on 10. According to the grace, the special endowment for my task of God bestowed on me, like a skillful architect, the master builder laid the foundation and now another man is building upon it. But let each man be careful how he builds upon it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. But if anyone builds upon the foundation, whether it be with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each one will become plainly, openly known, shown for what it is. 
for the day of Christ will disclose and declare it because it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test critically appraise the character of work of worth of the work each person has done okay we get that so here Jesus now is assessing what we built with what was the source okay wood hay straw this speaks of that which is naturally grown the source is natural in other words man's efforts alone okay where faith in oneself is the only ingredient this will not withstand the fire those whose works have a natural source will suffer loss their works will be burned up but they themselves will be saved okay now gold silver precious stones speaks of the supernatural these things are formed they're not grown requiring a release of faith unto the lord so that the holy spirit is the power and source of the effort this will survive the fire of scrutiny and gain us our reward okay so this is why the Holy Spirit is saying on Judgment Day, our faith will be assessed and tried as well. So we must be mindful that we don't go and do things through human effort. Okay? What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is if God has not asked you to do it, then if you're going to do it, you will be doing it by human effort alone. God is only interested in the things that were his idea. Right? Yeah. So you could be running around the place and doing great stuff, singing great songs, preaching great sermons, right? But if the Holy Spirit has not really said that one is what I want you to, or he has said this one, but you've gone and done this one over here, as fantastic as that sermon is, human effort. It's going to burn. Okay? Now, ask yourself these questions. Are you stepping out in faith to do God's work and please him, building on the foundation of Christ faithfully unto God for his glory, or are your motives self-serving and to please man? Have a real think about that, because it might not be that black and white. There might be a little bit of it in there. Okay? Whatever you do in the body of Christ, I mean, pastors always say this, whatever you do, do it in faith. You must do it in faith. Jesus will inspect our works and it will be Jesus. The one you love. Jesus, hey, he will be judge, right? He ain't missing a thing. But again, it's unto a reward or not. Okay. So, so what resources did you use? How faithful are we? Are we yielded to the Holy Spirit? Did we release our faith to work with him as a colleague and obey his instruction, seeking to honour Christ and further his work in the world? Are we doing that? Have we been doing that? If the answer is yes, a reward awaits. If the answer's no, 
you still have time. <laughs> now, Revelation 22 to 12 says this. Behold, this is to us now. I am coming soon and I shall bring my wages and rewards with me to repay and render to each one just what his own actions and his own work merit. Nothing is going to be left out. You will be rewarded, I'm sure. There will be some losses, I'm sure about that too. There will be some tears, I hope not. But the Bible says there will be. That's the reality, okay? And the final scripture I will say is this, is Luke 18, 7 to 8. And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones, who cry to him day and night? Do you hear that? Day and night. There's no break there. Cry to him day and night. Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily, speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in faith in the earth? Now, this is why I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, I need you to look at your relationship with faith. Okay? Release your faith. Do not hold him back. Do not think you do not have enough faith. Change your attitude towards faith. He's ready to go. Feed him up. Make him strong enough to carry your fat weight and somebody else's. Okay? Well, you've got to make him strong. There's no point faith crumbling under the weight of your heavy mindset. This is the reality. Some people are thinking they've got no faith. Wrong. Scripture does not say that. Your faith may be struggling under the weight of your immense attitude that doesn't allow it any freedom to move. The Holy Spirit is waving, saying, yeah, release and bring, come, I need faith. But you're like, not for that thing. I don't have faith for that thing. I don't have faith for that thing. The Holy Spirit is saying, you've got faith for everything. I'm the power. That's the reality. And I'll tell you what, if it were not the reality, every single one of your prayers would be answered. Every single one of your prayers would be answered immediately. Jesus walked the earth full of faith. Where do you find someone going to him that didn't get healed, that needed it? He healed everyone. There's nothing wrong with the power of God. There's nothing wrong with the seed of faith he's put in you. So the only thing that can be wrong is our attitude or our perception of what faith is and how it works. Now, God loves us and he's speaking to us and he's educating us. The Holy Spirit is counseling us about faith. Think of the opportunity to have complete total healing, to see healing in everybody you pray for, to speak a word, declaring it, and it gets established, not in 10 years, 
but instantaneously. Who was that guy who walked and his shadow just healed people? Was he from Mars? Last time I checked, he was a member of the human race. Even I believe on the same planet. The point is, Jesus said, greater works will we do. And the only reason he said that is because he knows we've got the power of the Holy Spirit and he is leading us into all truth. So we can do much greater than he had time to do. The power's the same. Father, I thank you. I thank you because you've given us everything that we need. First of all, you've given us every spiritual gift in the heavenly realms. You've given us a measure of faith, but that thing can grow and grow big and strong. The word of God is there. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, he spoke, and the sound is still going. Still there. It's out there. The sound of his voice. God says that his word will not return to him void. When Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. To all his disciples, that includes you and me. All the power of Satan. We thank you, Lord, that the wake up call that you've given us today in faith has gone in. And as we process that which you have spoken in encouragement and in love we thank you lord lord i declare and decree faith arise in jesus name faith arise in jesus name strong persistent faith it is a god-given gift so it has eternal power to produce together with the spirit of God what the will of the Lord demands. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's all yours. Glorify the name of the Son. Show us, teach us, continue to counsel us. For who the Son set free is free indeed. Every sickness, we're free from you. Every lie, we're free from you. Poverty, whatever it is that is not good, we are free from you in Jesus' name. For who the Son set free is free indeed. Stir us up in faith. In the name of Jesus. We claim victories upon victories from glory to glory to glory we thank you Lord and we bless you in Jesus name we believe you've really enjoyed this message for further information visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 